Hello and welcome to this podcast. This is Confessions of a Personal Trainer. I'm Chloe, a personal trainer who has helped hundreds of people get results over the last six years. I now run a small group personal training business, an online coaching business, and my aim is to educate, inspire, motivate you, and hopefully challenge the thoughts that might be stopping you from reaching a goal. Hopefully, we'll also have some laughs along the way. Happy Monday. So today I am going to talk to you about the lessons I've learned from giving up chocolate, which has only been about two weeks. Actually, no, I think this is three weeks. I think so. It's been since Lent, but I did an extended Lent. So I didn't do it from Ash Wednesday. I did it from the 13th of Feb. Yeah. So this is, this is week three. And, um, I'm going to tell you what I've learned about life and about myself I haven't caved don't worry um but I do have a confession that (laughs) although I've given up chocolate I have eaten the same amount of chocolate that I would eat but in other things so biscuits and squashes and that is actually very annoying because one of the reasons that I was giving up chocolate for Lent although I was doing it for Lent because I've never taken part in Lent, so I thought, okay, this could be a good opportunity to get involved in Lent. But one of the reasons that I was giving up chocolate is because I was just eating it every night for the sake of it. So I thought, right, okay, this is a good time to get out of the habit of just eating it for the sake of it, remove that, step away from that. But what I've done is just replace chocolate for something else. (laughs) So I've just been sitting mindlessly eating other things, which is very annoying. So... I've been doing a lot of journaling lately and I, I've recently in the past 40 days I've been doing it every day as part of a new morning routine and doing this means I get to know myself a bit better I get to see my thought patterns the reason why I do things it's quite interesting so anyway I've discovered that while I've been trying to create a positive habit I have actually inadvertently created a negative association so what I have found out is that the action I took was giving up chocolate and I've created an association that I've restricted food. Now, I'm not purposely restricting food here. I haven't told myself, okay, you're not allowed chocolate. You can't have this. You can't do that. Because actually, I am allowed chocolate if I want. But I'm quite stubborn. So I think because I've told myself I'm giving it up for this amount of time, I am definitely going to stick to it. I know that. But I have created a restriction because I'm not allowing myself chocolate, even though I could. But I'm not allowing myself I've created a restriction with food so then because I am allowed other sweet things I have been overeating on things that I am still allowed very psychological here this is definitely a mindset thing but I think we probably do this in a lot of areas or with it with a lot of other habits that we try and create so a few that I've thought of that I will see happen with clients is that let's say someone is trying to get back into a fitness routine so this is this is a positive thing they they want to create a positive habit by coming back to the gym and getting back into a routine so they create an action which is getting back into a fitness routine and maybe they do one gym session they might then create a negative association where they compare to where they used to be so although that's not necessarily a massive issue at this point if they keep doing that and they keep believing this negative association or they keep having that every gym session they do they keep saying oh well it still wasn't as fit as I used to be or still wasn't as good as I used to be or another one let's say you're, you're starting something new like learning how to do a deadlift 
and then the negative association might be that you're annoyed because you're not very good yet but no one's good at anything they start anyway so you've got to be rubbish at something to be able to be good at it but if you keep believing that negative association you keep getting annoyed that you're not very good you are likely to give up and it's the same thing if you are constantly comparing to where you used to be and then that annoys you that you're not where you used to be you're going to give up so what I could end up doing if I keep overeating on the other sweet things that I'm still allowed I could then say well actually what's the point I may as well just eat chocolate and then I give up my no chocolate for Lent and all of that is because it's the negative association that I'm believing rather than sticking it out to actually form a good habit so the negative association is what is going to slow down the formation of a habit and this is the reason that people will give up so next time you're on the verge of giving up maybe look to see if you have formed a negative association to the habit see if you can reframe that association and see if that can change your perspective on the habit so the next question that you might be thinking is how do we spin the negative association round to be a positive association and that is a very complex question there probably isn't going to be the best answer or the right answer or one answer what i think would really help is systems so achieving a goal can change our life in that moment but if we want to continue to reach that goal we need a system we need we need consistency this is basically system is now my new word for consistency we need a system in place because I'm going to use a a washing a, a washing the clothes analogy here if you can wash all of your clothes and get the washing basket empty that is great but unless you have a system in place to keep washing the clothes on a regular basis you're only going to ever achieve the clothes wash once <laughs> it's not a very good example but it applies the concept is good so if i want to eat a healthier lifestyle i can't just rely on having one healthy meal it's the same as if you've got a fat loss goal you can't just have one day of going out for a walk to reach 10,000 steps doing one workout and eating one healthy meal you have to have a system in place that means you can consistently show up consistently do workouts consistently hit your steps and consistently eat in a calorie deficit and this is just another reason why it is so important to focus on the process over the results because what i always say is if you've got a process in place the results are going to come anyway so the results are an outcome of your process so how do we create a system or a process now james clear who wrote atomic habits which is very very good by the way um, in fact I'm going to read that again but he talks a lot about how to break habits and how to get rid of a bad habit for a good habit as well so this is this is definitely what I'm going to, to take note of today because this is day one of trying to eat a more nutritious diet rather than biscuits and squashies and other replacement oh cereal is another one I've become obsessed with cereal in the last two weeks so I'm going to put a system in place and i'm going to try and stick to this system in the atomic habits book james clear makes a really good point about how to change behavior so he introduces four laws of behavior change which he explains should help to form a good habit so when you're forming a good habit he says that there's four different laws one is to make it obvious so that is your cues in the environment two is to make it attractive three is to make it easy and four is to make it satisfying so 
he argues that if you want to break a habit or you want to avoid doing something, then you do the same points, but you do the reverse of those things. But if I want to quit eating so many other things because I gave up chocolate, what I'm actually going to do is reframe it. So rather than say, I'm going to stop eating because that's unrealistic, that's never going to happen, I have to eat. I'm going to reframe it to, I want to eat a more nutritious diet. Because to me, that sounds much nicer than saying, I need to stop eating biscuits. If I say, I want to eat a more nutritious diet, that's something I want to do. And that's something that is more achievable as well. So it sounds manageable. It sounds fairly easy. I just need a a bit more of a process or more of a structure in place. So based on the laws from above, I need to, so number one would make it obvious. So if I'm going to make it obvious, that is how can I help my environment? So I'm going to fill my fridge and my cupboards with healthy food and alternatives to chocolate, which are not biscuits. So I went food shopping today and I picked up I picked up some rice cakes, which aren't that exciting, but actually these ones are because they've got yogurt on, so that's they're quite nice. And I picked up some saurine, some frozen cherries, some bananas, some blueberries. What else did I get? Oh, some yogurt. Um, other things that are easily accessible, they're in the fridge, they're in the cupboard, and that is helping my environment as well. So I can it's fairly easy for me to open the cupboard and the the cues for me to pick up something healthy as an alternative is there so it's obvious to me that i've got food available so making it attractive is the second thing so how could i make how can i make it more attractive to let's say if i want to say i want a more nutritious diet so i could write down all of the things that are going to make me feel good so all the ways i would feel good because i am fueling my body or all the benefits I could get out of it so to me it's quite attractive that I might have better sleep I might have better training sessions I'm probably going to save some money potentially Um, all of those things are quite attractive so that is something that is a benefit of this habit or of this behavior change number three make it easy so I've already filled the, the fridge and the cupboards. So that's fairly easy. It's all convenient. I got ready to eat things as well. So it's things that don't really involve any prep. So the saurine, all I have to do is grab a knife, slice it. Fruit is ready to eat. It's things that don't involve much thinking time or much of a, de- a decision process. Sometimes when you've got that decision process, that is enough to, to change your mind in that split second. So if I have got a plan, meal prepping as well could be an option because if I've got a plan... I'm likely to stick to that plan or I'm I'm less likely to go off track. But all these things are just possibly. And then number four is to make it satisfying. So maybe I could keep a daily journal and I could track all the the things that I notice, all the positive impacts, all the, the way I feel. I could do this every day. And it would also be satisfying to me to know that I said I would do something and then I stuck to it. So if I said... I am going to eat uh, a nutritious diet today and I stuck to that and I didn't eat a pack of biscuits, then I will feel good. I will feel satisfied because I stuck to something that I said I was going to do. So I think all of those things in place are helpful. But then what is the secret ingredient? We've got to do it over and over again to create consistency. But it's a really interesting book and I am definitely going to read that again because I listened to it in lockdown. But I'm definitely ready to read that again. So that is James Clear, Atomic Habits. And another book that is linked to this kind of concept as well is a book called Make Time. And that's by Jake Knapp and John Zaratsky. That was very interesting. I really enjoyed that. 
so going back to what I've learned from giving up chocolate for Lent, I'm actually learning to take my own advice because I have to understand that this, I'm looking at this as a process because I was just thinking in my head, yeah, I'll just give up chocolate and then it's fine. But I analyze everything and I always look at my behavior. So maybe two years ago, if I did this and I was eating additional sweets or additional biscuits, it probably wouldn't bother me or I maybe wouldn't even have noticed. But because I'm very, not critical, but aware, I'm gonna say. So I'm very aware of my behavior and I like to question why I do things or why I think things. It's made me think, well, actually, why are you doing that? And then that's what what has brought me onto this identifying habits and patterns. So it's very interesting. But what I've learned is to <laughs> listen to my own advice because it is a process and it's not supposed to be easy. There are going to be things along the way that are going to test me. There's going to be things that I will have to learn and I have to have some patience as well. So it's not going to be easy straight away. And this is the same with any new goal, any new habit. Nothing is ever easy. Nothing is ever going to be achievable straight away. You have to learn. You have to be patient with the process. You have to make mistakes as well. That is one of the big things is that you do have to have some kind of setback or some kind of mistake and see how you can get back on track again. And not everyone would agree with that. There might be people who never make a mistake or never have a setback, although I don't I don't believe that. I think there will always be a setback, but I think they're really important because then I think that is how you are going to learn. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to improve. And every setback, there is a lesson in there. So one of the best ways to become consistent or to create this new habit would be to do something for 30 days. And I mentioned this in my last episode of what is a realistic time frame for results. And this is something that I've applied to meditation. Very annoying that I've managed to create a meditation habit or morning routine habit for 40 days now, may I add? And yet I can't go one day without sweets or biscuits. <laughs> How frustrating. No, I actually can do that. And that's another thing is that the more you tell yourself you can't do something, the more likely you are to not be able to do something. There's almost like that self-fulfilling prophecy. So I am making a declaration here. I am going to, every single day, I am gonna say, I can go the day without eating biscuits or sweets or chocolate. And I know I can. So the, sometimes we almost fall back on that security because either it's it's humour, like we, we will say things that are, are funny or we, we do take the piss out of ourselves sometimes as a way of keeping ourselves a little bit safer. But it's definitely something there. Meant, I've literally turned, I'm having a counselling session with myself now. <laughs> Thanks so much for being part of my therapy session this week and really hope it was helpful. But I definitely think our perspectives have a lot to answer for us. So our mindset our outlook, the way we speak to ourselves, the way we label things, the way we frame things, all of that is so important and make a big contribution to our actions. Anyway, I was going to talk about the 30-day consistency theory. So if you can stick to something for 30 days, you are very likely to have implemented a good positive habit or you are more likely to be consistent with it. So that is one of the best tips, one of the best processes would be to see if you can do a 30-day commitment. It's also a really good time frame before you start changing things. So a lot of people, when they start a new fitness program or they try and start a calorie deficit, they might assume it's not working after three or four days of nothing happening. I would usually suggest sticking to it for 30 days. If you can say, after 30 days, if still nothing has happened, okay, maybe you need to change something. But I would not 
change anything or I would stick with the process for at least 30 days. That is the test for consistency. Thanks for all of your support and feedback on this podcast. If you find these episodes helpful, please share them with a friend or leave a rating so that other people can find them too. If you need any support with anything that I mention on these episodes, please feel free to get in touch. You can also find me on Instagram at underscore Chloe Longstaff. Tag me if you do share this on Instagram because I love knowing if this content has been helpful. If you'd like to find out more about personal training, you can find my personal training business online at podpersonaltraining.com. You can also find us on Instagram. We are at pod underscore personal underscore training and we'd love to hear from you.